This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. What's for dinner? I'm Keen. The lady said go home, and she did. I'm James. Uh, <laughs> welcome to Sissy That Pod, the RuPaul Drag Race Reaction Podcast on the Head Stuff Podcast Network. We're here chatting about RuPaul's Drag Race US Season 13, Episode 6, The Disco Mentry. I thought it was going to be quite good. Turned out to be a bit of a damp squib of an episode. Yeah, I was excited for this because I kind of thought it was going to be like a rusical, but instead mm. it was a disaster. A dancical? Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, weird. Uh, no, I, I, I thought this was kind of a, overall a bit of a a bit of a dull episode um i i don't there was no real drama in terms of the personal stuff to keep us going the challenge was a little hectic and then the Mm. runway look i think was a little bit samey yeah joining us this week to chat through the episode is jasper rishan he is the documentary maker behind work the world which for those of you who don't know is like a spin-off series uh following the queen's on their world venue tour of, you know, of, of the likes of Valentina and Latrice and Kennedy, all of them gets up close and personal behind the scenes. And it's a really good way of getting to know the queens and seeing what they're like outside of the context of a reality competition show. Um, mm. So Work the World is on uh, Webisys Plus if you haven't watched it. Jasper makes it and he is joining us today. So welcome to the podcast, Jasper Rishan. Cool. Well, Jasper, Rishan, thank you so much for joining us all the way from LA. We feel very exotic interviewing somebody the other side of the world. How have you been enjoying season 13? And do you watch with a sort of documentary maker's eye and be like, I want to follow her for a few days? In oh, a I, yeah, in a, yeah, I want to be in her bedroom. Ooh, um, <laughs> with my camera. Uh, no, no, no. I, I, no, I definitely do watch it in the sense that I, I'm like, oh, which ones would I love to work with at some point? Um, it's not not that I usually get to <laughs> pick who I work with. It's kind of just like you're gonna get this one today. Um, uh, but there's uh, of course because there's like there on Drag Race there's like a little bits and moments where you get some backstory. But what yeah. what, what I do with Work the World is I really bring out the backstory much m- more fully. Uh, and you know, with people like Tamisha, even though a lot already has come out, there's so much more. Um, so I would love, love, love like she, she's getting like the number to, one that I, from this season. I would love to like yeah. do a little doc piece on but also got me there's so many that are just like yeah at the end of the day they're all fascinating because they're on that show for a reason um but this is sort of the second season in full that i have seen i've seen Mm -hmm. well no i i sort of went back in time and i watched season six that bianca won and all stars two i basically asked like some super fan friends of mine like what are the essential seasons to watch and those were the two um um because i had never seen the show prior to working with the queens um, so I've been sort of backing up and doing my homework. Um, and now I'm watching season 12, have seen season 12 and now this season. So, yeah. So as I, so your main, I suppose your interest in it then would have come sort of from the fact that you were working on the Work to World video series that they made for Way Presents. Is that right? Yes. So I, I got connected, when I moved to LA, I got, I got connected to World of Wonder that makes Drag Race. And they um, at first made sent me as a sort of tester i guess to make a couple day in the life videos with some of their queens so the very first one i did was gia gun mm-hmm. um and then i did aja 
And then I did Vanjie right after her first elimination. Uh, she was so sweet and innocent. and um, But it was crazy because like that whole Vanjie thing had blown up overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I filmed with her, she was the, I kind of still like completely overwhelmed with what was happening. And um, with all of them, I filmed uh, their day leading up to a performance at Mickey's, the club in yeah. West Hollywood. And when Vanjie performed at Mickey's, it had never been so busy. There were like literally lines around the block. The owner of Mickey said the only other time it had been that busy was when uh, Valentina had gotten eliminated and she performed that week as well. When the whole thing with the mask had happened. Yeah. um, Like those were the times that they had never seen Mickey's as fucking packed. It was with Valentina and then Vanjie. Because on the topic of when you followed Aja, you brought us to attention when we were sort of chatting over email is that you you stumble upon her drag daughter who you thought was amazing television and that happened to be Candy Muse. I'm wondering the Candy Muse you knew then and maybe knew subsequently, how does that sort of feel with the Candy Muse who's being sort of portrayed as big bad villain? Um, it's kind of uh, odd to me because that day that I filmed, I mean, I really only experienced her one day and I, my, okay. my mission was to follow Aja and Aja was staying, uh, they all live in New York and they all, had all come to LA. So Aja was staying in an Airbnb um, and I mean, with the way I made this episode, like nothing is staged. So I'm filming in Asha's bedroom with her boyfriend. They're waking up and then I hear this noise from this other bedroom and they're like, oh, yeah, fuck over here. And, uh, I, and I walk in there with my camera and it's Candy Muse. And kind of from the moment I like the, my camera laid eyes on her, like I was like, who the hell is this? Like, she's just absolutely phenomenal. And that whole day she was nothing but lovely, funny, uh, like entertaining, sweet, um, caring, like, I d- and their whole dynamic was very cute. Um, mm. So I, just, I like, and I don't often make an episode about a queen and then very much put like a side character in there. But that episode ended up also becoming kind of Candy's episode. And this is years ago. I didn't know she was going to end up on Drag Race. Sure, of course. Yeah. I mean, I had a hint after that day. I was like, oh, she ha- she's going to be there at, at some point. But that's the only day I've experienced her. So Okay, cool. Yeah, no, because it was really nice to sort of see her. Like, I think she's she's dressing up in a sort of... Um, like chicken carnival suit or yeah and chicken feathers and Aja's kind of critiquing her being like no you're wearing the hair wrong and all this sort of stuff and we yes. see her and we're, she's being vulnerable and she's much more likable than this person who you know comes in at the door gives Edward chicken feathers <laughs> yeah. gives Aja, yeah. and then like <laughs> picks up poor Elliot yeah so yeah obviously just goes to show well, two sides actually, of the same person <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah. The, she obviously forgot that it's not far from chicken feathers that she was worn herself when 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 Joey Absolutely. Jay was walking there giving <laughs> yeah, all that exactly. shade, exactly. yeah. When she said that, I was like, "Wait a second! You were wearing chicken feathers." <laughs> I was like, "Did you expose?" Forget? Maybe it's a bit forgettable. I was like, "I was like, roll the tape it's literally on YouTube." And at the end of those big tours at Work the World, where you're traveling around Europe and the US, are you like, are you sick of them by the end of it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> are you sick of them like after 10 days <laughs> no 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 uh, yes but you're more sick of touring because you're sleeping no. on a bus you're like you're like showering in like shitty like dingy venues and then honestly like anyone would get on your nerves at the end of that um but they it's like it's been nothing but fun to travel with them and um mm. 
I don't know. There and like whenever you get, whenever I get tired on tour because it's long fucking days. Like you roll in the venue, rolling at the venue at nine a.m. and then you're filming all day. I'm like, at least I don't have to get into full makeup for three hours and then bang out group numbers and a whole number and do a meet and greet with 150 fans. So like whenever I got tired, I looked at them. And I was like, well, they're always working harder. So. Um, no, it was it was absolutely lovely. But by the end, you just you're very much ready to go home. Sure, <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. Do you have a favorite queen who you've covered on Work the World? More so, like, is there an episode that you like yeah, the no, most? Yeah, no, there, there are ones yeah. that, I, of course, that I have like a sweet spot for. Like, I will always love my Valentina. Hmm. Um, I loved Latrice on season one because her backstory is just so absolutely fascinating and and yeah. Um, I but I, it's hard to pick favorites. I, I loved Benji because she always um was also always checking in with me because I had met her like that that very first time already right after she got mm. eliminated. Um, so yeah, I don't know. They're all they're all um not all, but they're mostly all lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, I can understand why this never ends up in the cut. But I'm always just so intrigued on like the trade situation and who's bringing who back to the bedroom and stuff like that. Like that, that that's the Ooh. that's the work the world, you know, XXX version that I am like only fans <laughs> I would subscribe for. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did once have a queen yell at me like, "If you put this in there, I will murder you." Um, <laughs> And I did not have a death wish. I did not put it in there. Uh, uh, but there's some queens that bring their trade in front of the camera, and they have no mm-hmm. shame about it, such as um, Shangela. Um, yeah, I was, that's, she was the only yeah. one I could think of. Yeah, Shangela, right? Yeah, but like she does it in a cheeky way. Like here's a new friend, and here's another friend, and like yeah. I like I think she was kind of in on a joke. Um, and I always do this thing because I'm not out there to expose anyone, you know. Of course, yeah. Um, so it's like, I was like, you can tell me if there's something you don't want to be included. And honestly, no one's ever, other than that one moment where one queen didn't want to be filmed making out with someone in the club. Um, uh, no one has ever asked to not have something to be included. Well, if anyone's listening and they haven't watched Work the World, it's on Web Presents Plus. And it's a really lovely insight into the world of the queens. I mean, they're not doing it now because of COVID, but just to see the sort of launch pad the show takes them on and sort of how that manifests with all the queens, it's definitely worth watching. And I think it, it really shows another aspect of, of a lot of their personalities. You kind of mentioned it yourself that you get to know them on like a deeper level. I remember the, the episode around um, like Evie Oddly going into like her story around kind of the yes, pain condition Evie. and stuff. Like it was just such a, it just really made you, I think because you see them presented in one very kind of slick package on the show and then you get like a bit more under the bonnet and kind of to see a bit more about what actually what actually makes them and motivates them which I, yeah. I really enjoyed yeah yeah and i just i hope people get a sort of a sense behind the queen that also gives a bit more empathy because often when these queens these queens come off the show it's such a whirlwind and they become mega famous overnight and people expect them to be the most polished whatever right away and they get so much hate online too and i could mm-hmm. really see firsthand how like that affects them um and just like with a lot of them just like give them some time to adjust to it you know don't be so people can be so fucking mean from behind the little keyboard on reddit and stuff now to get on with being mean on our podcast <laughs> Great. let's take it away <laughs> well sure let's get into the episode then of, the, of this week the disco mentry it opens up after the aftermath of untucked from the week before with candy and tamisha still sort of snipping at each other's heels and i really enjoyed a bit where candy was like roll back the tape you'll find out what i said was right and actually it wasn't at all it proves to be sure right um but i thought it was interesting how 
in her, her head, she still sees them as those two teams, the A team and the B team. And I didn't actually realize to that point that the two people who've gone home have already were both in the the losers, so to speak. Um, I wonder, is that a sort of dynamic that's happening amongst the group? I think so, no? I mean, isn't the, the one that went home this week also B team? Yeah. 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 Yeah, you'd be surprised. It might just be A team left at the end. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, and the first lip sync was Denali and Kimura, who were both B team. So I, I think like it is obviously in that position where people are putting up against each other in the in the first lip sync, the ones who were probably had a more performance ability did get through to that 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 like first initial group. But I do think what what Tamisha was saying is like don't write everyone off because of your assumption that like the people who got through that first lip sync and that first lip sync was a little bit of a constructed thing anyway in the the way it was all like put together and you know I feel like production probably had like a hand in who went through in some way so it is a little bit fair that I I think that maybe the show has handicapped some of the people that have gone in because they will have brought this mentality of I'm somehow trying to prove this additional thing on top of just being here um, so I did feel like I felt I thought it was really important that Tamisha made that point and hopefully that the other girls who were in that group kind of heard it and were like okay maybe we don't need to stand around here pretending that we're not all like that there is this big divide even if the two girls who have gone home are from the 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 uh, the B team instead of the A team I think a kind of an underrated moment from that whole uh, Candy and Tamisha fight was when uh, Candy's like blowing off and she says like I just want someone to say it to my face and then Tamisha goes but I did <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> say it to my face but I did I was like I thought, I thought that was the best part I was like yeah. that's gonna be a meme and then yeah. and I, I do th- I think as well like so Tamisha is, is she's already got the like the the quotable moments out of the show mm. she has the ladies said went home the ladies said go home and now she has I said what I said like that is gonna be on every t-shirt that she sells what I said something that somebody says all the time but now she just said it in such a way now that she will like she's trademarked in the public eye (laughs) Uh, this week's mini challenge they had to make a look out of wallpaper um, and they had to model it more and more the mini challenges are just becoming an opportunity for product replacement really Um, is there anything there that you would like to talk about the only thing that I thought was funny was how much Rue hates Carol Baskin yeah, what did she do wrong? She killed someone. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know. I was used, usually used to mini challenges like get a beer or something because yeah. it's very hard to follow. Yeah, I tried. I really tried to watch it. <laughs> of course, you 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 get to watch it in the evening. See, we are always this is it's always first thing Saturday morning for us. Saturday so morning, I'm watching it with my brunch. You know, yeah. <laughs> why well, hey, you guys get to recap it in the evening? I have to recap it in the morning with yeah. coffee. <laughs> <laughs> True. I prefer. Uh, I prefer a beer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the one thing. The one thing I. The thing that stood out to me in the mini challenge was when they had to pick their teams, and this whole like candy, tim, candy, Tina, Gottmik, Click thing. Oh, yeah, the Mean Girls. Uh, yeah. The I. I just. I don't. I don't know. Like I just think clicks in Drag Race history don't necessarily go over particularly well, and there is like a like a scotch of arrogance coming in with the three of them and i i i find i i found myself rolling my eyes a bit at that i i wasn't in love with that whole that whole bit and then to me and then tina's talking head of like oh of course you picked us because we're the we're the cool kids it's like no no cool, cool it down and get a different it was absolutely t-shirt. the wrong team to choose as well rose and denali was clearly the most strongest in terms of dance aptitude 
I thought. And they yeah. they were going to win, they thought. No. Yeah. <laughs> they had it in the bag. Yeah. They're, they're like, all we need to do is just stand on stage and we're going to go. Like, even during the choreography bits, now he's like, so what sort of high kick would you like? Would you like me to kick it up this way? Do you want me to arc out my foot? I was like, a high kick is a high kick. Just do whatever you want. Stop showing off. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I saw that, and I thought, like, Elliot and Tamisha seemed to be the ones that nobody wanted, uh, which kind of sucked as well, I suppose, to see. I mean, that reminds me of, like, gym class growing up. Like, you know, when people had to pick teams in gym class, Mm. and it was always me and my twin brother. I have a twin brother that were, like, still standing there at the end. Like, anyone? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. So then if you're the last two, then somebody has to choose one of the twins. Yeah, it's horrible. Oh, God, that's so odd. So I'm always rooting for the people that didn't get picked. So I wanted yeah. them to win. I find myself like that. I was really, really glad that that Elliot did well. And I was sad that Tamisha... Though as you get into what like Tamisha's talking about in this episode, like the, like the fact that she was doing everything that she's been doing to the level that she's been doing it while recovering from like chemotherapy and radiotherapy mm. and also like <laughs> with a colostomy bag. Like yeah. it, it is just like amazing like i don't know it just she's already come off as a star this season i really feel yeah. and i think just like it has so much more potential now and and such an important message as well to people that like you know you you, you shouldn't let a cancer diagnosis or something like that kind of you know you you get the treatment you need but you don't let it kind of limit what your experiences are going to be yeah I really, really, really did not want her to go home because she's maybe not like the most polished or whatever, but she's like, oh, at least mm-hmm. she's like fucking 50 now. She's like the old school. I think she's so, she's, her story is fucking fascinating. And I think, uh, I mean, I think what set her back is that she doesn't always tell people what's going on, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't tell anyone about the awesome bag she was wearing, like, other than in the uh, whatever exit interview they do. Because um, I think they record those things after they've already been eliminated, right? Yeah. Um, um, so she didn't tell the judges, she didn't tell Ruth, she didn't tell the other contestants. So when no one, she made it harder for herself because when no one really knows what's going on, it's uh, harder to empathize, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's just such an interesting character. And James, I have a question for you. What's the difference between Donna Summer and Diana Ross? Uh, one's a fierce bitch with great hair and the other one's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I just was like, that's a, that's such a difficult question. I feel like yeah, there's two. They're both singers. Diana Ross started in Motown. Like it's it it, it catches you off guard. I feel, uh, but overall, the three of them had shocking disco music knowledge. Um. Yes. So this is a bit, a little bit of a sidestep. So uh, I'm separately to to this i'm working on a wonderful project involving interviewing lots of older lgbt people Mm -hmm. and one of the wonderful women that i was that i was um that i was speaking to (laughs) was saying that she's learned as she gets older she always was like confused when she was younger about the fact that old people go on and on and on and on and on and on and she said that for her actually she realized because she does now talk a lot and you know she was saying to me just you know to pull your back pull her back if i needed to that it's kind of like it's the way that older people kind of relive and they like go into the story and it brings them back to to where they were and how they experienced it. And I think we're entering that stage with Ruth Hall now. <laughs> because that's, that whole walkthrough section was really just a kind of a, let's all listen to a RuPaul podcast and what he knows about uh, about disco yeah like and then even the whole challenge was kind of yeah. like rupaul the, gives a history that's absolutely <laughs> this challenge screamed of rupaul walking into production being like guys i've got a great idea let's do a disco documentary episode and everyone's like 
Sure. How do you no, see I, that working? Well, <laughs> well, well, not only Rue, but all like all, all the producers of, of Drag Race 2, they all they all met like back in New York in like the eighties or seventies or sixties. Yeah. Mm. No, like, <laughs> um, <laughs> so like for that, I think they were all in on. They were like, let's do an O to Disco. Yes, that's fabulous. But the problem with the show now is that the cast is so young that they were all like, what? It, it it's grazed the way Drag Race sort of educates younger people on kind of like the important elements of kind of the, the queer kind of the queer experience over the years. And like actually going back and looking at the disco, mo- the disco movement and, and, and there's a lot there that would be really interesting to talk about. But I just don't think that this challenge did it justice i don't think so either yeah i i love the idea of of an uh, homage to disco and educating people that way um but i think it was set back overall by the contestants most of the contestants not really knowing what it was yeah <laughs> but i suppose for me like i mean i'm not here to tell them how to do a, an homage on disco but i'm not you know american or anything but for me, like the essence of disco was supposed to be the rebellion against as queer black people, you know, working class. I don't really feel that was got across. And then especially in the disco sucks movement that that was driven by sort of white conservative people of rock and roll heritage. And, and it ruined the careers for many artists. And the thing that he just described was the demolition derby night, whatever that was. So, yeah, I kind of mm-hmm. felt that should have been hashed out a bit more. But maybe, you know, we're talking about a 10 minute segment on a 60 minute show. So maybe that's not possible. But, yeah, I just felt it was disappointing that the key items for me were missed. Like we've already had an episode on Studio 54 that could have just been glazed over, I felt. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I get off my soapbox. I, my disco soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> so, so before we get into the actual performances, there was kind of like four different moments that happened before we got to the performances. There was like the establishing of the mean girls, Tina, Candy and Olivia and her journey with her weight and her appearance and loving herself. Uh, Candy and her, you know, overcoming her anger because she grew up on the streets and then Tamisha and that sort of older female figure she had in her life. Oh, with Mrs. Kemp. Yes. Yeah. I loved that. Yeah, that was very, like, and and I, I loved, like, how, how she told she grew up in the project. And then, like, this one woman, basically, it was very important to her. Mm. Um, mm. Um, God, like, this really just makes me want to go, like... I would love to film with Tamisha, go back and uh, hopefully Miss, Mrs. Kemp, she might be 80 or 90 now, but hopefully she's still there in some capacity yeah. and like, and like find her. And if she's not there, like go to the um, whatever rehearsal room where she would do all these things with Mrs. Kemp. Like I would love to really delve into that story with her. I thought it was fascinating. Yeah. Because I think, that, I can't remember, I think it was like Olivia said to Tamisha at that point, like, God, you've had like five different lives at this point. And like, there is such a, mm. like, Tamisha has such a, like, such an amazing past. Because like, we only just learned that she has a couple of, like, biological children, that she had like, obviously founded the house of a man, then, then like, had been late coming out. But obviously that delayed coming out was due to the fact that sort of her grandmother had felt that she shouldn't have been involved in this dancing, that this Mrs. Ken... Like, it's just such an interesting story. Yeah. Um, You'd love to to hear how it all came together. I feel like we're only... We still only have, like, the tip of the iceberg for Tamisha as well. Like, I just feel there's so much more there that we could have kept... Oh, she has kids and stuff. Like, like there's so much... Like, like, yeah, we're, like, scraping the surface. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like, chatting to the... 
children of a drag queen like that's a that's a documentary yeah. that's yeah. the like, adult the adult children of a still performing drag queen like that's that's pretty amazing um the olivia i i really liked the olivia storyline because i think that olivia has a real light in like she just seems like a real light person and it's it, and i do like that sort of oppression of like being bullied because of your weight and that like feeling of kind of like this is my fault and i don't know how to express myself and wanting to make yourself like when obviously you have the the compulsion within you to to be on stage and to want to perform but also feeling like totally shamed for the way you look like it's like it's it, i don't know a lot of people go through that and i i i don't know i just i thought it was a lovely kind of story about how sort of drag and performance saved her James, over on Headstuff Plus, what can people expect if they've subscribed to our bonus content feed? I mean, other than a stream of amazing quality podcasts from podcasts from some of your favourite podcasters. I mean, in addition to that, we're also streaming into episode four of Drag Race Vegas Review. Uh, and this is as i've said before where it starts to heat up this is where things start turning into high gear it, you've got your drama going on with old cameron standing over in the corner kind of with his with his uh, uber dull sexy boyfriend but the real hot topic is that asia has moved out of the makeup room that she shares with two of the queens hashtag no spoilers and she is livid and she has taken no apologies so i just and i I, if i recall from this like it's it's a very fine line we don't know which side it's actually you need to listen to decide what side of this argument are you on are you team asia or are you team naomi i've just given away who she shared a a, a makeup room with (laughs) slash derek you know we won't give you away anymore because you need to head over to the bonus feed of Headstuff Plus where you get all of this plus all the wonderful bonus content of our podcasting colleagues. Five euro a month, you're sporting Irish made art, uh, which you know in the pandemic needs as much as it can. One of the other podcasts on our network is all about food. It's called That's Banging and it sounds a bit like this. That's Banging with Chris and Marcus. Hello, my friends, and welcome to That's Banging with me, Marcus Solera. And me, Chris Mellon. A new podcast celebrating everything good from farm to plate, ship to service, and field and fork. A celebration of everything tasty, fresh, and excellent that's coming off our island at the moment. As well as interviews with people who are shaping the best of the best of food and drink from around the country. We'll be available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you get your podcasts. Okay, let's move on uh, to the actual dancing performance. Uh, first up then was Tina, Gottmik, Candy Muse doing their birth of disco. I generally thought this was shockingly bad. I mean, this is where it started to feel chaotic a little bit, no? <laughs> yeah, yeah, from the start. Like, my boyfriend doesn't watch Drag Race. He was actually watching it with me this morning and he was like, oh, that dancing isn't very good. And like, coming from him, like, that is, you know, such a burning criticism. And Michelle was looking very stone faced, but Rue was laughing, laughing broadly. So I was like, "Well, this is gonna go to I don't which way." Um, it felt like so. It felt like Tina was the lead, and then Candy and Gottmik were were sort of like the the backing dancers. Um, they were just like circling Tina like sharks. Yeah. <laughs> Entered like, them. Yeah. Sort of like a chaotic disco infomercial where like the. <laughs> Drag queens have all had too much caffeine. 
Well, I was like, there we go. There's our bottom three straight away. Let's have a look at the rest of them. Because uh, then Tamisha and Elliot came up with their hula hooping, sexy time stuff. First of all, I loved what Tamisha was wearing. Favorite thing she's worn all season for me, that sort of cat suit. Mm. Um, and I think they both did the moves really polishedly. Yeah, they were right. Tamisha did yeah. look like she was shitting herself. A bit lost. But I thought they were both better than the three that came before them. I think, yeah, I think she was held back by not being fully transparent about why she wasn't able to be, do the hula hoop properly, you know? Maybe, yeah. Because um, there was a little bit moment where she was off and it's just like, yeah. And I mean, I understand also the, the, the challenge there. Like, do you judge her just as literally on what's happening or do you take with what she's going through? Um, I don't know. I really wanted her to stay in it. Yeah. I, I do think Elliot was, was really, really good and, you know... It, it it probably when the judges are watching the two of them perform together and mm. they're doing kind of the same choreography like maybe the i suppose the flaws that that were showing up in tamisha's performance were being highlighted because elliot was doing it such yeah, like a clean performance really and then and then you're absolutely right like tamisha hadn't sort of like not even in the case of like i want my sob story known i want to, you, you all to like give me special treatment because i i have this ostomy bag and, and it is restricting my movement and my legs are sore but just to be like, be aware that there's a limitation on on, on on my abilities here so that when you're looking at me, you're taking that into account. Um, but it is that like kind of classic thing of like, I don't want any additional bonuses or benefits. I want to do this all on my own terms, which which seems to be like part of her spirit. Um, she's a big loss to the show, I do think. Like mm-hmm. I think she's, you know, probably the the personality I was mostly tuning in for so far this season. Agree, and she may not be the most polished or whatever, but like she is, she is real drag and yeah, absolutely fascinating. And I like that she's older, and there's so, there's so much, so much to still learn. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I still think Tamisha was better than the three of them, even with the Oscar bag. Even <laughs> even if I didn't give her those discrepancies, she still was better than them for me. Yeah, Utica and Olivia. Now, for me, out of those two, Utica stood out. I was like, look, she's so wacky. I loves the black and the white and the good, you know. And Olivia did a great job. She's great presence on stage. She kind of basically did the same performance she did the first week she was on. Um, so, but I was like, yeah, it's good. But the judges hated you together. What did you? Think? But you are, you already didn't. You already were bored by her, so you weren't watching that, thinking like, "Oh, she's killing it." You're like, "Oh, there she is again." Yeah, but I'm I'm waiting for something new, and she just gave me the thing that she's already yeah. good at. You're like, "Give me less." Um, <laughs> and th- but I think Utica, what people were saying, though, that she she kind of always makes the same funny faces all the fucking time. Yeah. Um, and maybe you don't need that at some point. Like, try to tone it down a little bit. I think that you see this, you see this a good bit with wacky queens on Drag Race that they don't really, tr- I don't know, like they, they sometimes they get into that thing where they don't do kind of like straight up like I'm going to be sexy or I'm going to like be serious. Like they, they give like the ooky kooky faces and stuff and it does get distracting after all. It's kind of like Ginny Lemon a little bit in the UK one where you kind of were like, like Alan Carr said about Ginny Lemon, if someone's always like, oh, I'm crazy me, I'm mad me, look at me, I'm a die, eventually you're just like, you know, let's tone it down a bit. Um, and I think that Utica, maybe if, if, if Utica had just done more of a straight performance than this, like she wouldn't have been in the bottom. I don't know, I still like the kooky, ooky, you know, crazy, I'm wacky appearance and oh, like, i do sometimes but not all but like the time. you think that when those two five queens had come out before them trying to do disco and olivia did disco and she did better than most of them yeah. but utica had gave us a totally different performance that we hadn't seen in the last five minutes so i was like okay this see, is a bit fresh but different see jasper i told you tensions <laughs> <laughs> 
can't wait. <laughs> Jasper's just here for a live just, podcast. Yeah. Listen, I'm just sitting here grabbing the popcorn. <laughs> I wish you guys were in the same room so you could actually pull each other's hair. <laughs> um, next up then was Denali and Rose, who, I mean, were so professional about it. And I think they kind of thought they had it won. Mm. But I have to say, I loved what Rose was wearing that those sort of mermaid cut pants rose looked exactly like panty when she was younger but yeah i can see it with the blonde hair like the the shape with the the, the, like the 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 wig and it was it was freaky watching it because i was like it is like watching panty bliss on drag race i couldn't imagine panty in those pants though yeah i just thought the two of them were great I thought Rosie actually was a bit better than Denali. I mean, they really, they really both did well. But what was that thing that Rue said to them? Like, perfect is boring. Perfect is overrated. I thought that was interesting. And like, they kind, of, they did it. They per, they did it perfect. But there was something, I guess, missing. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, but then I feel like that critique is like should favor Utica, but then Utica gets criticized for not being perfect either, but being the wrong sort of imperfect. I don't know. Makes no sense. You can't win ever, can you? <laughs> uh, that RuPaul is a tough taskmaster. <laughs> Absolutely. So they were doing, what were they doing? Were they doing Studio 54? Uh, they were doing disco fashion. Oh, yeah. What a category. Uh, okay. For dancing. And then finally was Lallery and Simone. And they were giving disco suck. So I was like, are they going to come out in like sort of dress like Kiss? And they're going to be like, you know, smashing vinyl on the stage and like, you know, but you know torches no they just dance to another disco song i was like what is this how does this represent disco songs <laughs> continuity officer please get in there <laughs> uh, i i thought simone looked phenomenal like i i that's mainly what i remember about that like that white outfit with the blonde hair but, simone just looked- but was should the hair not have been higher why was it a crimped low pony Listen, I love I love anything Simone does. She could stand there naked eating her socks. I don't fucking care. I will still let her win. <laughs> you know, there's something about her. You just want to watch her. Like, she has everything. She she is the perfect one with all the imperfections. If you're looking for that balance, she's right there. Yeah, um, that's true. And, like, like, she literally, like, can't do anything wrong to me. Yeah. I mean, she could yeah. kill me. Even if she killed me, I'd be like, <laughs> you know what? Yes, like, you could kill me. I'm going down in history. Fine. <laughs> it would be a perfect crime. Like, she'd never get caught. So be, you know. Yes. <laughs> oh, she'd probably get caught and get away with that. Really <laughs> but I look good, right? <laughs> um, yeah, even though I do think Lalari, I danced her. And I loved Lalari's little purple shimmery number as well. I think that was lovely. Yeah, Lalari yeah. was definitely a, a much better there. And I actually thought Lalari, like, underrated opinion maybe. But I thought she should have won the whole thing. The fact you had to keep pulling her dress down, like, was a little, I think that they often look at those sort of details. Um, and I think that probably stopped her from being in the top. Because I did think she brought, like, she has such an amount of personality. And, like, you could just see that coming out of her whenever she performs. And herself, I think herself and Simone, both of them, like, their performance bit was my favorite bit of the the thing. But that's also because it had, like, the bit where the disco sucks signs and there was a bit more production around it or whatever. But, yeah, I don't know. Well, I hated that bit because I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. But I thought they were both great <laughs> yeah. at it. Uh, so my tops were Rosé, Lalari, and Elliot. Jasper, who would your top three have been? Oh, shit. Um, um, <laughs> Simone, Lalari, and Tamisha. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> James? 
I, I would say Elias, I would say o- Olivia, and then I probably would have gone with um, Lalari. Okay, and bottoms then? So, I mean, Tamisha can't be at the bottom. I, I generally would straight up just put the whole first group, Tina, got my candy in the bottom, and make Tina and Candy lip sync. Nah, no, got Mick and Candy lip sync. Tina was the best of those three. I, I don't know. I, I think I would have put Utica there because I actually really didn't love the look. And then also, I, I think Candy and, and got Mick. I thought that El, that Tina didn't deserve Tina looked really good and performed well and you know sort of yeah wouldn't have wouldn't have seen um wouldn't have put them in the bottom but definitely got Mick I think kind of got away with it a little bit but I think that the look was sort of like so iconic Mm. and obviously going to like you know had such an important message that I think that like elevated um got Mick kind of out of that position and as well yeah I would have put the three of them in the bottom too and then let got Mick be safe okay Mm mm-hmm I think Elliot Batutis is getting an unfair um, edit or, or reaction. I think everyone is calling Elliot basic and kind of giving out about Elliot kind of, you know, not being very good or whatever. But I don't know. I think Elliot's really charming. I think he's really charming. And like, yeah, he's a bit like sort of down home, whatever. And, you know, a little bit. I, I don't know. I, I really enjoy Elliot. I mean, I'm, I'm coming. Would you I'm call him charming, him though? Yeah, like not in a like not in a, a charming way, but <laughs> he's not charming in a charming way. I like, like a doofus. I just cool. like you know when um like especially having traveled the US with with the queens and stuff like when there's queens that are not from New York and LA blah 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 um they just show a different slice of America and she really is that sort of tacky Vegas girl you know that yeah. girl mm. that serves you in the bar like she's tacky but you love her anyway um so like I like that. That's why I like Utica coming from like the middle of fucking nowhere. Like I like, give me the oddballs from the different little towns. Yeah. Elliot is the sort of person who I imagine like no matter what joke you tell, you'd always get a sympathy laugh from Elliot. And I appreciate that. So Elliot's <laughs> never going to give you New York fashion or, or, or LA funny, but she will be that Vegas uh, tacky queen that I love. Okay. Mm. Okay, you've convinced me. She's overtaken Olivia. Uh, <laughs> 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 on to the runway then. Little black dress. First up was Tina with a reveal of a black dress with orange and white hands on the bosoms. Fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm just going to let you take this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Like, I think that like, maybe in retrospect, when Tina was planning for drag race, again, no one needs my opinion, perhaps deciding to rely exclusively on the like red, orange and yellow, which I know is her thing. Because it's just like, I don't know. It, it's yeah. I I I really didn't like this, and I thought her body looked weird as well. It's like kind of there was not enough going up top, and then there was like hips or something. I I I wasn't a fan of of this look on Tina. She really said orange is my color, and I'm sticking to it. So you know <laughs> yeah. that's commendable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We like somebody who's like you know consistent. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. you got you got to fight your hook, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like olivia and her bags but i actually quite like them they're kind of cute you know i don't mind them because you can they're versatile they're not just the same color see look at you starting to say yeah, nice look things at me about olivia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look <at> you. <laughs> you're learning <laughs> now for all the bad things we said about candy muse and her runways i think this was my top two to the week i loved this it was a throwback to when ash did a come to garçon look on her first episode it was a little black dress i loved the sort of smeared black around the face i was like 
well done candy i am impressed yeah it was nice but this is where i don't know enough about fashion or drag race where where i thought she was gonna pull something off and there was something gonna be something underneath it mm. and i was like oh okay it's just this thing but i liked it of course i thought maybe the makeup at first thought she was uh, had painted on a beard um so that was yeah. maybe a hair distracting but i, I loved the whole thing i thought it was it's fun as well that like it was the the unexpected princess diana reference yeah um, the revenge dress yes which I, was, I mean coming off of watching the crown and crying over diana that was lovely yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah oh if only if only emma Karen could know that years later she would get re- redemption yes. um, <laughs> in the in the form of a, a dress on drag race we are right i did expect that especially when like she said i think that she was walking around she's like oh this is made out of like like canvas or something so i was thinking oh that's something that will like tear so i was expecting like it to be torn and then there to be something. see i wasn't the only one next up then was got iconic tiny black dress which was just sort of a tiny black merkin um but it was great (laughs) it was amazing what a fucking star and what a fucking statement like it was yeah i loved it yeah in terms of the message it sent it's absolutely like it's it's huge um and it, yeah like i thought she she looked great her makeup is just always like like excellent mm. it does really feel like a mask right like it's so hard she kind of really painted a nigma on her face you don't really she doesn't let yeah. you in with her paint like you know plus i always thought Agreed. scars were hot on people but people didn't seem to understand agree with me but there you go um Okay, tacky Vegas queen Elliot with two T's with her black off-the-shoulder look. I thought they were a bit harsh to her. I thought that was, yeah, yeah, it was a bit plain. I mean, again, she's not the New York fashion queen, and you're never going to get that. (laughs) She is the waitress in the nightclub, and and, and that's what she gave you. She's, she's, like, if you've been to Vegas, she's very, she's very Vegas, so... Hmm. There's something kind of about, I can imagine her seeing that and being like, oh, that's fancy. I'll wear that. And I, I like, I love that. There's like an innocence there. It, I don't know. Yeah, I. I She's kind of yeah, that girl, I, that, I, like I really the like wife it. of the governor at the Republican convention or something. You know, <laughs> if we're saying, yes. if we're saying, if we're adding in Texas and like she plays, <laughs> she, she plays that part well. Like she, you, you kind of want to hate her, but you can't hate her also. Yeah. yeah. Misha was up next. And I liked this from the front and then she spun around and I was like, oh, that's a really weird shape. I didn't know what it was about it, but it just looked weird on the eye. But she made, does she, she makes it all herself, right? Yeah, she does. Yeah, she does. Yeah. yeah. And like, that's yeah. commendable too, because a lot of these queens now go in it with like 400 designers and, and, and a lot of money. And like, like, and like, there's something whenever it's just the whole thing is fully homemade, her whole wardrobe. Like, yeah. I, um, yeah, I think there's something to say for that. And apparently it was made from neoprene and apparently that's difficult. Not that I know. <laughs> and I don't know what that is, but it sounds lovely. <laughs> it's what swimsuits are made or what um, wetsuits are made out of. Oh. oh. There you go. As oh, an wow. avid watcher of Project Runway, which I mention almost every week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I really look at that differently now that I know it's neoprene. Yeah, I did. So I happened, because we were recording a bit later today, I watched the the one that the Michelle Visage thing um watch oh, packing yeah. and she happened to mention on that, that 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 outfit there had been another element for it that she'd forgotten to pack when she was coming to the show oh, so there was to be something else as part of that little black dress outfit um which i kind of was like oh okay yeah because all the rest of her stuff had been like like there, there'd be like she she'd really kind of dragged it up and there was always like sparkle and stuff and she said that there was like stones and stuff that were missing off it that there should have been part of it so i think i think that it showed that there was something missing um and i'm also not surprised that i'm not surprised that there was something missing if you know what i mean like, yeah it looked like that, something was missing or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
and also that she knew that and was had had something planned for it. Now I'm gonna be trying my best here with Olivia, uh, but I thought this was really, really plain, and I was like, "Why are you having to go at Elliot for a plain dress?" This was even more pl- plain. It was just basically just a corset. <laughs> like I was like, "Come on, Olivia, try a bit harder." <laughs> um, I thought her hair was gorgeous. It was. <laughs> at the end of what I have to say about it. Um, no, I I don't know. Like it was, it was, yeah. It reminded me of like what when I was like a teenager and we were listening to like Limp Biscuit and and um and that other Lincoln Park and those sort of people. You were wearing that and I was dress? hanging around with the kind of like no, like the alternative girls in Drada would be wearing kind of those like corsety dresses. Um, and it was all sort of like gothy fashion or something. And there was something that really brought me back to that in in, in this. Um, but yeah. You're both saying the hair was lovely. I mean, it did. Yeah, I mean, it felt like a little black dress that you would wear to the like that, like a girl in like maybe not New York, but in like um, uh, maybe Philadelphia, wears to the club. Yeah. I'd love to see how your view of like America in terms of fashion. You know, well, yeah. what somebody wears on a Friday night, just sort of mapped through the country. Yeah, no, exactly. And when it when it matches the region, well, this didn't actually match her region. She kind of just. Took the bridge and went to Jersey for a little bit, but it was, like, <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just thought this is supposed to be sort of a high drag presentation. I just thought that was a bit plain. Uh, something that was far from plain, though, was Utica in her sort of golden Audrey Hepburn earring look. I was sort of mesmerized by it. And then when I found out it was the earring, I was like, oh, that's cute. But I, I liked it before that. Yeah, it becomes a, a little a bit of a challenge if you need to explain what something is. Yeah. But it looked gorgeous mm-hmm. nonetheless. And the second I saw that thing on her head, I just wanted to hang it in the Christmas tree. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, like, that'd be great. Like, she should make this as merch, like a little ornament to put in a Christmas tree. I think that would yeah, be Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I did like the, like, the, the oversized lipstick purse thing. Yeah, that's, that's the thing, though, I think, that uh, what Utica did um that like not a lot of them do and that the runway has like really made a like a performance out of like coming on to the to the main stage like there was a storyline built into it and there was a whole like concept um which was really it was like a fun idea but i don't know like i was sort of distracted by the gold bodysuit um a little bit i i I did i found myself kind of like looking at the gloves not quite fitting and okay Okay. uh, yeah it was a Uh, bit stuck in the concept maybe (laughs) Mm, could have been worked on a little bit more you know not quite a gold finger yet <laughs> next up then was Denali who was Widow Von Tease, um, which I thought was quite I thought was fun there's definitely concept there I've seen her wear nicer things it was like bang average yeah it's alright no yeah yeah I mean yeah like 6 out of 10 <laughs> I, I thought it was good I liked it um I, d- I don't think it needed the like eyes on the forehead. Uh, like I think that was maybe kind of something that like was a. I felt know, she oversold like, it because she's like, I'm taking this off my head, and it was just like to, for a black circle. She's like, oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of what other people have produced by taking stuff off their head, like it really didn't compare, you know. So were, what was that? Were those eyes? I didn't realize there were eyes of hers. So yeah, like, so it was supposed to be like it was supposed to be like spite. Like she was m- oh, like mimicking eyes. Got the. It. the yeah. The Black Widow spider. Yeah, I like it as a concept. Um, yeah, it was But cute. I didn't, I, I thought they were like, um, what do you call them? Like uh, zits? Do you want to... Oh, okay. <laughs> 
Dr. Like, Pimple Popper. I'm like gonna reveal like, my blackheads. Someone send it to the dermatologist, please. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. Take out a big, <laughs> a big bottle of Clearasil and a, a powder puff. <laughs> but I liked uh, it. I'm just gonna say about everyone that I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> just in case it comes back to haunt me, you know. Yeah. Now, Rose was up next, and maybe she's just been unlucky with the sort of sequence of the runways. But is there, am I wrong in saying this is the third time we've had a look that has had a tool trim around the edge? I think no. In the last week, when there was the the bagpipe thing with the like bagpipe okay. trim around it. But no, you are right in that. Like it's it's the third week in a row where like her the sort of feature part of her outfit has been that there's like a dramatic trim. And so, like, it's like, oh, okay. And it is a pity for her that it's come three weeks in a row because then you're mm. a bit like, this again? It did sort of look like those things. You know when you can you, you put them under your foot and you stand on them and you can mop your floor of your kitchen with them? That's sort of what I, that's sort of what I got from it. Okay. It, was a bit box, it was a bit boxy with all the, the tool and stuff. It kind of looked like her, her head was like a... Like it, like an ornament sitting in a gift bag. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. With all the things around it. <laughs> Pop chart aesthetic. And um, I would have viewed it differently, similar with like Tina Burner, if I hadn't seen that sort of idea, you know, in the last four weeks from the same person. Um, so that's my own critique, really. I like that she could have just been unlucky. Maybe she planned to spread them out over the season, and that's just not how how it how it landed for her. Okay, the penultimate queen then was La La Ree. This kind of was, it was mostly neck piece that I liked in this. The, you know, the, the black dress wasn't the staple piece. It was I the, liked it. I like. I liked that it was too short and that she really was that girl in Atlanta going to club in a miniskirt. I liked it. I was, yeah. And I liked her dancing. I would have given the whole thing to La La Ree. And her, her face is beautiful. Like everything Did she look like she was at Atlanta? Like where in the US did she look like on a Friday night based on that? Oh, very much like that. Like also like a little bit tacky, like the girl going to the club yeah. in Atlanta. I liked okay. it. And I like yeah. I like that it, again. I liked that it wasn't perfect, and then she kind of like whoop, whoop, you know it's a, it, this girl was just a hair too high, because um, those, those <laughs> they, you know they they looked like that in the clubs there. So um, it yeah. was very accurate representation of a little black black dress in Atlanta, and she's yeah. great in the challenge. So give her the fucking something. <laughs> Give her the win. I, th- I think you're, I think her like little, but I, no one actually just, well, I think Lallery was the closest to doing just like the sort of the, the classic, like little black dress thing, like the little like scrunchy one that is like, that does ride up a little bit and needs to be pulled down. Mm. And you know, that sort of like, band, like the sort of Mariah Carey album cover that I'm thinking of that one. And finally there was Simone with her big blonde hoops on her head inspired by RuPaul music video, which I couldn't identify. Um, it was, yeah, it was good. Like, Simone's great. That wasn't as good as the headpiece in the Meet the Queens. I've seen her wear nice things, but she always sells it. She always sells it. I just love the way her, her body moves. Anything looks beautiful on her. Like, like, and I, I love the whole concept. I, think, I don't know. I would, like, again, she could take a shit on stage and I'd still like it, so. <laughs> her, her skin is so shiny as well. I don't know how she does it. It's so, like, yeah. she's so, she gleams. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think that she, I, I loved, I did really like the hair. I thought that it was cool that the, the dress was made out of braids. Um, And, and again, like she has this sort of like broken doll, sort of like, sort of slightly like awkward looking walk, but it's amazing. And there's this energy about her. Like, I just think she's just all the way through this season. She's just someone you can't keep your eye off. Like you, you just, even on, even when there's a load of Queens on stage, you're drawn to, to, to her and what she's doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's announced that Tamisha and Candy 
have to lip sync. Of course, the two rivals who, according to Untucked, seem to have made up, so they weren't fight rivals anymore. They're given Hit It Up Style by Blue Cantrell, which I thought was such a, like, good song, but save it for another week. Like, this was a disco challenge. Give it a disco song. Give us some Donna Summer. Give us some, you know, go for a deep cut, that Amy Stewart song he mentioned. I don't know. Just something that was disco to fit with the episode. But no, we got basically a song that was perfect for Candy Muse. Like, I, I really, really like that song. But I was expecting like a, a disco song, I, like you know, even if they were to like take it more modern, and I've done like like a, have the like they were re- kept referencing um, Sylvester all yeah. through it. So like I was thinking like Hercules and the Love Affair, Blind would have been a fun song for them to have, or even something of Di- Kylie's new album, which wasn't out at the time though. But you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> Jasper, do you think the right person won, won the lip sync? I mean, um, I. <sighs> It's hard because I really wanted Tamisha to stay. So then you look at everything that Tamisha does well. Um, but I also like, I also, it's not that I wanted Kennedy to go home. I was kind of rooting for a double save, but it was maybe not good enough to let both be saved. Um, but just like in terms of how I like, cause I don't necessarily like, I know people give Candy a lot of shit, but I definitely wanted her to stay too. So I just, I don't know. I didn't want either of them to go. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so I looked at the lip sync that way. You know, when you're looking at it like, Oh, she did that well. Oh, she did that well. Oh, they're both doing well. Oh, they can both stay. I was going to say like, she's a good TV character in terms of what I'd seen on the show. I hadn't really liked anything other than the first, when she pressed play on that ghetto blaster at the start of her lip sync in the first episode on this look today. So I, and just the narrative that we've been fed of sort of Candy versus Tamisha, I was definitely team Tamisha, so I wanted to see Tamisha beat her more so. Yeah, I wanted to see Tamisha beat Candy more than I wanted to see Candy go home, if that makes sense. Yeah, and she, but she's probably yeah. like, she kind of grew up being used to being combative and that sort of, uh, that can pop off in the wrong moments, but I think it doesn't necessarily reflect the full person. Yeah. She knows how TV works, so she knows that when she gets in a huge fight, maybe the whole episode's going to be about her, so... Mm. You know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You, you, she does know how to play the game and command the attention. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who who thinks going to win, Jasper? I think. I mean, it'd be amazing if Got Make won, though. And like, I think she has everything you need to take it all the way there. Um, and I think she can win purely on merit already, besides her just her story. But if not Got Make, I would be rooting for Simone. I, either one of them um, uh, I see taking the crown. Yeah, for me, Simone, I think, is probably who I'm, like, who I would feel the strongest is going to win. Like, And I, I think Gottmik is, I don't know, I'd like to see, like, a, like an improv challenge or an acting challenge or a comedy challenge to see a bit more of, of like, that performance because it came through, came through so strong for Simone when they had to do that, like, acting challenge. Like, she was so funny and you know you really got a sense of like a well-rounded like a fully well-rounded queen so yeah, i'm 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 still on team simone yeah thank you for joining us today uh other than work the world is there other stuff that you've been working on that people can see and view and enjoy um there are a, a, well i sh- shot a bunch of like a quarantine concert last year with some of the girls like violet and Gigi and and the, but like i mean it's been a weird fucking year because what i do was impossible to do um <laughs> you know sure. there's no there's no touring and i follow real life and everyone's stuck inside so what like what, what but <laughs> there are things in the works that i cannot talk about yet but it's gonna be fun i think that was the most disappointing episode of Drag Race we've had in a wee while. <laughs> it just felt like a one-two punch from 
Ginny going, and now Tamisha going, like two of our faves, and unjustly so. Personality powerhouses dropping like flies. Yeah, shouldn't have been, and shouldn't have gone. And I'm just, I'm like, what is Rue smoking? What is he saying that I'm not seeing? Yeah, there's an awful lot of, um, there's there's an awful lot of kind of. Decisions that I wouldn't quite agree with being made in terms of like keeping people around for maybe not the, and do you know what I actually do think I, I really noticed this year this this week I genuinely noticed the lack of Joey J in the workroom this week. Oh, I like I I don't just and I don't just mean that as from like a trade perspective. I just mean the kind of like cute, giggly, funny, very mm. kind of effervescent sort of personality. The kind of you know funny kind of knowing uh, talking head bits so like I, I think that we're and i think now we've lost tamisha who's also like a really kind of a, a really big part of the, the the confessionals and you're being left with like the leading confessional now is going to be like tina burner <laughs> yeah you do wonder are they snipping off all their tv gold you know i suppose that's the dichotomy between a drag competition and a tv so we'll see we'll see how it goes yeah. Next week, it's going to be an improv challenge. And I was like, did we not already have one of them? But Bossy Rossi is back, apparently. So hopefully now we'll get to see some of the queens like Tina and Candy, who maybe don't typically excel with the looks, do better. So I'd like to see that. Yeah, I would say. And I think Rosé as well. I think this could be because, I mean, that's the other thing. Poor old Rosé is getting a bit of the Jan edit, kind of where, you know, hasn't got that win yet. And maybe next week this will be where Rosé will will finally um... flourish well until then thank you for listening as always you can find us at Sissy That Pod on Instagram and there's definitely a few of you who listen to this who don't follow us on Instagram so head over there James spends a lot of time creating beautiful content so you're missing out on all of that goodness I do thank you no problem thank you Keen. that's really nice also also feel free if if you've enjoyed if you've enjoyed our take on this mediocre episode why not go and give us a excellent review you know we enjoy them i was i was reading over some of the lovely reviews that we got and people say nice things about us and it makes me feel better about myself and in this day and age you can't put a price tag on that okay we we'll chat to you on friday for the next episode of drag race uk when the covid hits production and throws it up in the air um so that'll be episode to behold have a lovely week we'll chat to you then see you love you Bye. bye This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. 